autumn is in the air. Time for back to school, football games, and pumpkin lattes. Fall is also a great time to buy or sell a car online at driveway.com. Welcome to Driveway, where you can feel completely in control of your car buying or selling experience. Our nationwide network with tens of thousands of vehicles is unmatched. And when you buy from Driveway, there's no pressure. We offer our best price up front. That's Driveway, a customer-friendly experience that makes buying or selling your car easy. Drive. Auto done easy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fred McNair program here on the Braves Sports Network. Glad you can join us on this Monday night. We're coming to you live from Jack Spinks Marino Casam Stadium Media Room, where after every home game, Coach Fred McNair sitting here with a player or coach or players and coaches talking about the Braves wins. And uh, hopefully as we come back here in a couple of weeks when we have UAPB rolling in here, we'll definitely have a full media room. Glad you can join us here on the Fred McNair program as we talk about the Tulane game and we'll look ahead to McNeese. It's their first home game and really their first big operation since they had a major hurricane in Lake Charles. We're going to be in a different spot. It's kind of different. Their press box took a major hit. Their field was underwater. So it'll be a different, uh, different look, but they're trying to get back to normal down there. And it'll be a big deal. It's their first night game that they've had since the hurricane there uh, back in 2020. Give us a call at 601-877-6595. You can text a question, 601-301-2611. You can tweet a question. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio, as we look at the Tulane game. We're with Braves head football coach Fred McNair. Coach, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Well, I'm doing okay right now and uh, trying to get over what happened in uh, New Orleans. But I know a lot of Braves fans are still kind of in the in the mud, if you will, kind of uh, on the downside of it. Uh, that was a it was a tough day at the off a tough night at the office in New Orleans. Um, highly anticipated. Um, Tulane, you know, they beat UMass the week before. We had some early opportunities, you know, blocked field goal. We had some chances there, got off the field, an early 3-0 lead. But just after that, just not not much. Uh, just, just a tough day in New Orleans. That was a great football. Great football team we played in Tulane, uh, Charles. And, uh, you know, all through the week uh, we talked about the things that we could do to operate and uh, execute uh, the game plan as well as, uh, as we could, um, you know, Coach um, – Coach Willie Fritz, uh, that's a great football program we got down there, Tulane. Uh, done a great job with it since he's been there. And, you know, they, uh, just coming off a win against UMass and, and then getting just a chance to play us and, and us playing up in the B, uh, FBS um, uh, ranking. So I uh, got a chance to play a real good football team. I thought early uh, during the course of the game, we won the toss and deferred the kickoff. Uh, the defense came out and got a sack fumble for a turnover. Uh, we get all down there about the 30-yard line and um, wasn't able to do too much with it. You know, it's almost like as if they was in our huddle, um, you know, with the call and stuff. So um, got a chance to reevaluate the film and look at it this this week and um, and see what we could do to get better. You know, a lot of positive things came out of the game too, Charlie. We looked at some of the things, special team-wise. Our punter, he got better this week uh, during the course of punting. Um Got a chance to see some guys late in the game that we need to see uh, leading up to this game coming against McNeese State. So um, we had a chance that early, like I said, to, to score points, and we missed a field goal wide uh, to our left. So, um, you know, just uh, just some opportunity that we had we didn't take advantage of. Um, very tough and physical ball team. You know, it was a physical ball game chart, uh, which we expected as a, as a, as a coaching staff to, to go down and compete. I think the kids really are out exhausted themselves in terms of what they did on the field and, and what they could uh, really take on against a real physical ball team. And um, I thought the effort was there. Um, I thought some of the execution stuff could have been a little bit better. Um, could have played better on all phases of the game, you know, but um, the execution part wasn't there. Um, but, you know, we, we bounced back and uh, got ready uh, on Sunday. We practiced yesterday and, and seen, some, seen some of the stuff that we could have took advantage of and some of the things we did that wasn't so good. So we got a lot of positive things out of it in terms of the, the, the game, uh, not being able to win it, but some stuff that we took from the game that they would let the kids know they did well in terms of uh, the execution part. So it was a tough fight, tough battle. Uh, and unfortunately, we 
able to come out with that victory down there at Tulane. Uh, great venue, though, Charles. They got the kids. They they were excited about playing in Yama Stadium, and uh, all corn fans showed up. You know, very excited about the crowd that showed up, and, and really appreciate the fan support and the things they do in terms of all corn state football program. Uh, the support for the young men uh, that we mentor as coaches really help a whole lot when they see fans in the stands like that. So, very excited about the, the attendance on my side. Yeah, well, it really was a good crowd. I mean, we were sitting actually behind behind you guys and just a great turnout from the purple and gold from all over. Uh, can't go wrong with New Orleans, as I say. All right, so let's let's look at the game, Coach. As you talked about, we, uh, we won the toss and uh, deferred to the second half. So you, so you look at that situation. Uh, Tulane got the ball at the 29-yard line. You know, third and nine, Pratt rushed for a loss of seven yards, and we forced a fumble. Uh, forced by Cheerloose, recovered uh, by Tyler Smith. So let's just talk about that a little bit because obviously we, we got some pressure up front. Did we change fronts a little bit, you know, three-man, four-man front as we started the game and then as we went throughout the course of the game? Did that change because we got pressure early, we got an early turnover, but then obviously Tulane just kind of went off to the races offensively. And you talked about how massive they were up front, really on both sides. You know, I think that what we do in terms of personnel, uh, what they present to us on their offense and, and what they present to us on the, on the defense is kind of dictate uh, the things that we do in terms of a football team. You know, uh, certain formation, we go in different per- personnel uh, fronts and, and, uh, and stunts and all that kind of situation on defense. So. You know, one of the things that Coach Thomas does, does a real good job of mixing it up, mixing it up for the players and for the opposition too. You know, give them different looks, not the same look. You know, so I think they, he did a great job of that, just giving them something to look at. And Cherry Luce come up with the sack you know, and forced fumble, and Tyler Hill recovered it. You know, I thought that was a great job of that defense getting off the field. You know, like we talked about on third down. And offensively, we got the football, um, and so when you look at that situation, had an opportunity. Uh, to get some some early points, first and ten from Tulane's 25-yard line. Jarvie and Howard, almost 200 yards uh, nine days ago against Stephen F., a one-yard loss. And then a couple of pass attempts, you know, down there. Talk a little bit about that, just trying to push the ball down the field as we had it at Tulane's 25 to start. You know, the biggest thing, we knew it was going to be tough coming in to run the football against uh, a good Tulane front seven. I thought we could get some passes in to kind of loose them up a little bit. Um, had some lack of communication on the, on the offensive line. Uh, communicating-wise, and we turned some guys loose that shouldn't have been turning loose um, um, in that series, Charles, and just forced us to, to attempt a field goal right there. What was the big challenge about their defense, their, their front seven? What was the big challenge? You know, I, you know, just going into the game, uh, we thought that we could run the football, uh, Charles, and, 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 you know, as, it, as the game went on, as the game progressed, you know, there's some things that they did. Uh, just like I said, it's almost like they was in our huddle. Uh, listen to the play callings and, um, and things of that nature. So um, they had an answer for it. They, they had an answer for it. And they said a real well-coached football team. You know, an FBS team, you know, they, they, have, they have a lot of people working for them, uh, all kind of analysts and stuff. They can, they can find comb um, through a haystack, you know, and find a needle uh, because of the personnel and the, and the people they have working for them, GAs and, and uh, analysts. And like I said, you know, they – they fully staff um, when it come down to FBS uh, football programs a whole lot better than the FCS, um, especially in our conference and the SWAC conference. So those are some of the things that we look at as coaches in terms of things that we have to do to to um, kind of get over the, the hump um, against those kind of teams. But, you know, we're up to the challenge. I mean, we don't back down uh, from any terms of playing. Uh, we like a challenge. We like a team, team to – to be on that stage uh, playing against those those top enchilant teams in the in the FBS, so um, give them a chance to be to 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 be on that stage with those guys and some of the guys that's going to have a chance to go to the next level uh, to compete against. And I think that you know it was great for us, and um, but unfortunately we didn't uh, perform as we should have or as well as we should have uh, in terms of playing. Um, but I thought that they they really put forth great effort and um, and playing against. Team. We had an effort and an opportunity early on. On a fourth and 11, we had a field goal attempt of 43 yards that was blocked. Talk about the operation or what didn't operate there. Well, it wasn't blocked. He just missed it, Charles. Uh, we looked at the film. It wasn't blocked. Some during warm-up, he kicked four from that from that area right there. You know, that's, that's a made field goal for K 
Keanu. You know, he just said he just he just pulled it, he hooked it. Uh, it wasn't blocked. Just pulled it to the left uh, and just missed it wide. So there was an opportunity there. So Tulane got the football at the 26-yard line, and they got to our eight-yard line. Uh, there was third down and two. They picked up a yard. Then fourth and one, they were going to go for it, and then a false start pushed them back, and then they had to settle for a field goal. So you had the turnover on defense. Defense comes right back, pushes them back. The penalty, they, they hurt themselves, the pre-snap penalty. And with the field goal, it was 3 nothing. So it, at that point, and as we know, when you're playing up like this, you have opportunities maybe early in the game. We had an opportunity early on the turnover. The field goal we, we missed. But then we got off the field right there where they could have gone up 7 to nothing. but our defense gets off the field and it's 3 nothing. Yeah, they did a good job of standing up down there, Charles. And like I said, you know, Bimba don't, don't break. And I can't, like I said, Coach Thomas is doing a great job on that side of the ball and, and, and making the calls to, to, to prevent touchdown. Um, you know, in terms of that, you know, we have to do something on offense to, to kind of help the defense rest a little bit, and that's to execute and get first downs. And I think too much, too long. Um, offensively, we've got we to sustain drives and, and get first down to get those guys rest. And any time that, that, they're, that they're on the field that long charge as a defense, you're going to get tired, you're going to get burnt out. And, um, you know, hurt players hurt people, you know, in, in those terms. And, um, it's too long on the field uh, on that side of the ball, and we just didn't execute well enough to get first downs on our, on offense. Yeah, when you talked about offense on the second drive, we started at our 25, and on the third pass play, Allen picked off by Dorian Williams. So they just went uh, 64 yards, 12 plays, taking up uh, about four minutes, and then they're right back out there three plays later, four plays later after the after the pick. That's what I'm saying. You know, you got to be able to, to convert on those third downs and – and get first down to get the defense a little rest there, Charles. You know, even one or two first down will kind of break the mode of uh, and get our defense a little rest. And we turn the ball over there. Um, ball that shouldn't have been thrown inside there. Um, but, you know, he made a throw and the guy intercepted it. And our defense now got to go back on the field uh, for another series. Yep, and they went 73 yards, three plays, and uh, they got a touchdown as Clayton for six yards out. For the touchdown, talk about that play on second down uh, and goal from the six-yard line. It's just tough, Charles. You know, anytime you're, you're on the six-yard line and you, your defense just came off the field and you don't have much time to rest there, you you kind of get you kind of get tired. You know, I, those guy was just fatigued a little bit and and maybe get that score there for that touchdown for Tulane. So it was ten to nothing early in the game, and then three and out again, and then they got a touchdown in the first quarter. As keys a seven yard run, so it was seventeen to nothing, coach, at the end of the first quarter. Tough first fifteen minutes for your team. They had one hundred and twenty two yards to just seven for the Braves in that first quarter. Tough first quarter defense uh, on the field quite a bit in that first fifteen minutes. Yeah, very tough, very tough, very tough, Charles. And uh, like I said, you know, uh, repeatedly we got to uh, got to do a better job of executing. Um, the players on offense to, to give them rest. You know, they on the field that long and, and they're going to get tired and they're going to give up points. So, um, you know, it's a thing that where they, they, they didn't quit. They Their effort was there, but, you know, just we just got to give them some breaks there, give them some rest uh, during the course of a game like that, especially a physical game like that. You know, those big guys on the offensive line leaning on the defensive line like that, it, it get tough sometimes. So we got to be able to get those guys some breaks and stuff like that. I mean, we got depth and stuff like that, which we used it, and that was good that that we had it, um, Charles, to to run guys in and out, play guys in different spots, and uh, and, and that nature. Uh, now we see where we at as a team, and for terms of depth, uh, what we can do on that side of the ball as well. You, you, you talked about that a game like what we saw Saturday. You played a lot of players, uh, especially in that fourth quarter. Uh, so were you able to really get a good sense in terms of the ones, the twos, and maybe the threes, especially coming out of a game like that? You know, the biggest thing is when, when, you, when you play a game like that, you know, who's going to fight? And uh, I think that each and every one player that went out there, they, they fought hard in terms of what they could do at their position. And I think that when coaches get the grades on, on the guys, which we talked about yesterday in the staff meeting, uh, how the players played and all that kind of stuff, gave them grades for it. You know, overall, you know, the pitch was there. You know, um, you know, just a little thing that we just got to tighten up on and, and get these guys ready for a good Magnet State football team. 
in the second quarter, Tulane added a touchdown as uh, Daquan Jackson from 16 yards out, a 49-yard drive. It was 24 to nothing uh, at that point. Then you you got some other guys involved in the backfield. So it, it obviously with the two backs that we've been using, Leatherwood got some carries. Is the plan now going forward, and we've got a stable of backs. He's talked about it to get more backs involved. You had Leatherwood, who had a couple of carries on the first drive of the second quarter for your team. Is the plan going forward? And you talked about the depth and playing a bunch of people. Is the depth now to become deeper in the backfield? It will as, as, as we progress, Charles. And that's one of the things that, that we do uh, against Stephen of Austin was, was play Leatherwood. Uh, we should have played him a little bit in the Stephen of Austin ball game. But Leatherwood is a hard runner, you know, from Tuscaloosa Central. Uh, he run the ball hard. I never get seen – I never see him get knocked backwards. He's always got a forward lean uh, when he falls. So that's a good thing. He's going to be a great back for us. Uh, he's good at in protection and just got to just sharpen up a little bit. Just the small things that, that we got to make really, really touch base with all these players about the small things that we can do to get better uh, as a football program. What are some of those small things? I mean, I was watching the uh, – well, actually listening to the New Orleans-Atlanta game on the way home yesterday, and the Falcons had a big lead, and they lost it. Driving a truck or bus is a very demanding job. It can keep you on the road for long periods and at night, which can affect your sleep quality. Sleep loss or fatigue can cause symptoms similar to impaired driving. Get enough sleep before you drive. Be aware of signs of fatigue, such as frequent yawning, heavy eyes, or blurred vision. Don't keep on trucking when you're tired. Take a break. Don't drive drowsy. For information, visit flhsmv.gov. Brought to you by the Florida Highway Patrol, Office of Commercial Vehicle Enforcement. When America is tested, we find strength from within and power through the challenges. But it takes reliable, affordable energy, and we've got a choice on how we get it. Import energy from unstable regions or produce natural gas and oil right here in America. Depend on foreign governments for our natural gas and oil or protect our energy independence. Keep American jobs and maintain global competitiveness. Solutions are made in America with America's natural gas and oil. Paid for by energy citizens. To the commentators, they're saying it's the little things that allow New Orleans to kind of stick around, and it's the little things that prevented Atlanta from putting the game away. So what are some of the little things that you're seeing, especially in a game coming out of Tulane, that we have to clean up on going forward? You know, just technique-wise, some of the stuff that your eyes and, and uh, just bad techniques and stuff like that, just com- the communication part, uh, it's, it's not no big thing. Uh, just just being able to communicate uh, the play this call or – uh, making the play, making changes, and letting the other guys hear your voice. Because, you know, if one person out of line in, in his defensive offense, then it fails. So everybody got to be on the same page. All 11 guys uh, got to be on the same page. And, and just stuff like that, you know, and that really, that really matters. Um, you know, not even connecting on a, uh, a long pass, um, you know, when the guy's wide open. Just this stuff like that, it, it really matters that, that keeps drive alive. Um, and, Stuff so just making the making the run when you're supposed to hit a gap and you're over in B gap you know just just small stuff but it's fixable and um, that's one thing that we look at as coaches things that it's not a, it's not a major overhaul it's just small stuff that we could tune up on to get better uh, going on down to in this in this um, in the schedule. So Aaron Allen getting the start uh, obviously his first game against Stephen F here uh, just trying to get the jitters out on Saturday, had some open receivers. It was a struggle for him. Obviously, you played two quarterbacks on Saturday. As a former quarterback yourself, what are you seeing, maybe not seeing, from Aaron Allen at this point? Is it just, is he still trying to get comfortable, still trying to be familiar? Is it it's still kind of up in the air right now? I think the biggest thing in this ball game, Charles, just didn't have uh, much time to to get rid of the football and, and, and go where it needs to go. Um, we went call as the offensive line. We didn't call and we do something different. Um, then the defensive end chase him down from the back. Um, probably had a wide open receiver in the end zone uh, for a touchdown. And just those little things like that, uh, Charles, that kind of handle you from scoring touchdowns or, or getting first downs, you know. Um, just simple stuff, you know. But it's fixable and um, and this week it will be fixed against uh, uh, It was 31 to nothing at the break as uh, Pratt complete to James, a 25-yard touchdown. Uh, with the kick, it was 31 
uh, to nothing at the end of the first half. A tough first half. I don't think anyone expected that type of half considering the start that we had against Stephen F. leading 24-10. to 10. You know, we battled and battled, and despite what Stephen F. did the second half, we had a chance to win that game. And then just to come out the way that we did on Saturday, uh, frustrating, disappointing, you know, I mean, just because I think everyone expected something a little bit different. You know, the biggest thing is it's frustrating because we don't really execute the way we should have, and, uh, and we didn't play as well as we should have uh, on all phases of the game, you know. Um, and just looking at it, like I told the guys the week prior to uh, preparation for that game, uh, you're going to face bigger, stronger, faster uh, players than uh, that you have in the, in the FCS. So, um, you know, stepping up the ladder a little bit, playing a, a FBS team is major. You're in the major league now, so when you, when you get ready to play them, you gotta execute. You gotta you gotta make plays when you're supposed to, and you can't have mistakes. And um, I think we made tackles as well, uh, just getting people down on the perimeter, uh, missed a lot of blocks and protections, and um, you know just missing open receivers and stuff like that. Uh, playing against a good team like that, you have to be able to execute flawlessly. We'll take a break right here. When we come back, we'll look at the second half. Now the quarterback coming in for the Braves will take your question, 601-877-6595. You can text a question. We've got text coming in, 601-301-2611. And we'll tweet a question. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. We'll get to the Twitter feed as well. We'll break this one down, look at the individual numbers, and we'll get ready for McNeese State. They're winless on the season as well. They played uh, – Montana State, and last week they played Rice, and uh, they lost in a big way as well. It's their first night game there at Cowboy Stadium since the major hurricane that hit that area, and they've been hit hard with the hurricanes over the last couple of years. Their press box, for the most part, is inoperable. Their field was underwater with the last hurricane that they had, so they're trying to get back on track, and the city is recovering but it'll be a different scene than when we were there a few years back. So we'll take a break. We'll talk about all that on the other side here on the Fred McNair Show. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. I got it. I got it, too. Got it. Did you get it? Still unsure about getting the COVID-19 vaccine? Get the facts. Sign up and get your vaccine today. And let's stop COVID in its tracks. It's on you. Learn about why other people like you got it and how you can get it at igotitms.com. This message is brought to you by the Jackson Heart Study Community Engagement Center. And the Mississippi SEAL Team. And welcome back to the Fred McNair Program here on the Braves Sports Network, 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org, WMIS, WTYJ, 1240 AM, 97.7 they at Natchez and 90.1 WMPR in Jackson, the voice of the community. And we're on Facebook Live, the WPRL Facebook page. Glad you can join us here. We've got texts and tweets we'll get to coming up. So, Coach, obviously a tough first half. Uh, the speech to your team at halftime. Well, I know the body language, uh, it's, it's, you probably couldn't even come up with a word. It was, it was a tough first half, but another 30 minutes of football. What was the speech uh, to your team? I mean, what a big speech, Charles. I mean, the biggest thing is well, just to see those guys get settled in and, and just come out and continue to play, play hard, uh, play with a lot of effort, play with some excitement. Um, there's no pressure on you, you know. And just come out and just compete. And I thought they did the same thing in the second half they did the first half. They came out and they competed. Um, they, they kept fighting, um, you know, just thinking that we still had a chance uh, to win a ball game, you know, just that in those terms. You know, but they did what they, we asked them to do, just come out, continue to play with a lot of effort and play with some excitement and continue to fight. Yeah, I mean, the three things I came up with, effort, energy, adjustments. So the energy aspect of it, we had energy at the start when we came up with the turnover and we missed the the field goal and then we held them to three. But then from the energy standpoint, at least to me, and 
and you can help me out with it. Did you, did you see the energy level, or did you feel like on the sideline the energy level drop off after we had the early chances, could not convert? We held them to three. We were kind of in it there, and then the energy just kind of dropped off once the game got away from us. You know, the biggest thing is that these guys, they, 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 they have feelings, and, and you know, things like that happen, Charles. You know, they seem kind of um, – they don't want to let anybody down, and especially uh, themselves. And I always talk about themselves first. You know, that's the biggest thing. It's all about you. Uh, and nobody else when you're playing this game. So uh, be excited about the things that you do and the things that you can't control. And I think that these guys still had the energy uh, to continue to fight. You know, we just started playing a lot of guys and at the, about the end of the game, seeing um, how much depth we can develop during the course of that game, going into the next game, Charles, because uh, you don't know who you're going to need uh, in those times. So uh, we'll start the game players and, and – uh, end up playing more than that. So uh, uh, the energy was still there. I think that you know, most of the part that, that we have to do as coaches is just keep pushing and keep pushing, you know, and just try to get them to, 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 to continue to execute as they did. So um, I didn't feel any energy lost in, in those terms of just looking at the players because some of the players' demeanor is the same regardless of they up by 40 or down by 40. Uh, so you never can tell in some situations with these the young men that we mentor each and every day, um, unless you're around them all the time and get to understand what their character like and, and what they what their sense of humor is like, you know, during the course of the week. 601-877-6595 is the number you can give us a call, and we do have Kermit on the line joining us from Dallas. Good evening, Kermit. How are you on this Monday night? Charles, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. All right. Uh, Coach, I... I had one question, but I heard you say something, and I heard you say it twice. So I want to kind of maybe get your philosophy on it. I heard you say twice that it seems like, you know, the uh, defense from Tulane, uh, they knew the play we were going to call as if they were in our huddle. <laughs> and I guess my question is, and, you know, if you're sitting there looking, you know, like a spectator, uh, our offense doesn't have or uh, didn't appear to have any eye candy with it. So the linebackers, you know, there's nothing moving their eyes. There's nothing moving these. It's just the backside. So not having any eye candy with our offense, doesn't that put the offense in a difficult situation? Not not, not, not in those uh, terms, Kevin. I think that what we do in terms of our offense, we've been doing it for, for a long time. And I think Coach Ratton is, is doing a great, side, great job on that side of the ball and, and kind of mixing it up with the personnel, using all that kind of stuff with our motions things of that nature. We don't do a whole lot of uh, flying around and, and, and things of that nature. Um, you know, other other schools, you know, they they have they have better um, assistance in terms of analysts on their field, and I think that's where that they gain the edge on uh, on us at because of the, the the number of assistants and and the number of analysts they can use during the course of a game or during the course of a week to just break down film and. And watch the sideline and, and the signals and stuff like that. So, you know, in terms of that, that's what I think that really that we really struggled in in terms of they knowing what our signal was. And and I did catch them one time looking dead at us while we were signaling. And uh, you know, the defense on the field never never turned to the offense to to see because they they knew we was in freeze motion um, and all that kind of stuff. So, I think that that was some of the cases that that, that we was caught up in in terms of. Um, the things that we couldn't do offensively. Um, but, you know, for what we do offensively, this is the thing that, that we build on. Uh, we're a 11 personnel team, and, and um, you know, we use yeah. motion at time and um, several things that we do. You know, I think during the course of that game, uh, once it got out of hand, we didn't want to show too much in terms of what we're going to do in the next next week against teams, uh, especially when they get okay, in our so, conference. Uh, so my real question I wanted to ask, Coach, was that uh, – uh, you know, when that first series, you came out real strong. You know, we came out in a four-man front. I think we were in a, I think we were in a four-two, or either a four-three, four. But anyway, we came out real strong in that four-man front. And then, uh, you know, we switched to a three-man front. And coach, it, it seemed like during the whole game with a three-man front, um, you know, we didn't get any, we didn't get any pressure on the quarterback. And even when we played that three-man front against them. Uh, or Stephen F. Austin, we didn't get any pressure on the quarterback. So my question is, I guess, is that, you know, do we have the 
do we have the people in the trenches to play, to play a three-man front? Yeah, we do. And, and the thing about thing about switching fronts like that, it depends on the, the personnel that the opposition is using. Uh, if they didn't learn personnel, yeah, we'll probably play a four-man front. But if they come out with five wide outs, we got to do something else different in the secondary. And that means putting an extra DB in and putting an extra two, two DBs in. So we have to change uh, in terms of the, the philosophy, this thing that they're giving us. Uh, because if we stay in round, they got five receivers out there. It's going to be kind of tough uh, to kind of break the barrel on what they're going to do um, in those terms. Well, it just depends on the personnel they come out. We got to try and match uh, that personnel uh, as well. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Coach, good luck to you this week. Thank you, Kermit. Thank you, Kermit. P- appreciate you, Kermit, uh, calling in. It's Kermit calling from Dallas, Texas. And I know they're not happy in Big D right now, considering what happened last night, for sure. Uh, all right, so you look at the third quarter, Coach. You, you, you talked about it. You didn't want to show too much. And that's – and we've seen this – throughout the course of non-conference when we're playing up, and there have been a bunch of games already, which we played up, games get out of hand. How much do you pull out of the toolbox when that happens? Is that just kind of par for the course when you see that, all right, it's not going to happen. Today's not our day. You want to play a bunch of people, but then you want to be competitive with what you have, the twos and threes, but then you don't want to show too much going forward. What's what's the balance there? You know, the biggest thing is I think that when you, in terms of of, of scaling back when when the game is out of hand like that, of course you don't want to don't want to tilt your hand to the next opponent, and I think we did a great job, kind of scaling back of, of the things that we that we did once it got out of hand. Charge and we started playing a lot of other guys, and a lot of times the the, the guys that we play don't get many reps in practice uh, like the ones and twos. So uh, in terms of what they can do, that's what we have to call in terms of uh, the play calling and and the defensive schemes that we're running. Uh, depends on what they can do. A lot of times, like I said, a lot of the players don't get a chance to 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 go like the one and twos in the course of the week. So you, you did make some changes in that third quarter, coach, up at quarterback. Obviously, Aaron Allen, it was a tough day for him. But then you 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 made some changes at quarterback. Talk a little bit about that, the decision, the timing, the time frame, how you wanted to. Uh, approach that in terms of making a change at quarterback? You know, the biggest thing is I think that at some point in time we was going to play um, Quinn at quarterback. You know, it depends on uh, just the situation. I think that and at that time, you know, we felt that, you know, we just need to just make a change and, and see can he bring a spark to us and um, on his offense. Um, not that Allen played bad. I thought that he did what he can do in terms of um, the time he had in the pocket. Uh, I think that we didn't play so well up front. Um, to get these guys the opportunity to make the throws downfield that we need to make. You know, Coach Rad is going to fix that. Uh, we talked about that on Sunday uh, in terms of their play. Um, we just got to make sure that we give them the- When America is tested, we find strength from within and power through the challenges. But it takes reliable, affordable energy, and we've got a choice on how we get it. Import energy from unstable regions or produce natural gas and oil right here in America. Depend on foreign governments for our natural gas and oil or protect our energy independence. Keep American jobs and maintain global competitiveness. Solutions are made in America with America's natural gas and oil. Paid for by energy citizens. When you're living with atrial fibrillation, finding the right treatment plan for you can make all the difference in your health and how you live. After working to reduce your stroke risk, the initial treatment for AFib is often to stabilize your heart rate, but managing and controlling your heart's rhythm may be just as important for long-term health. Educate yourself about rate and rhythm control. Ask your healthcare professional about how to get in rhythm and stay in rhythm. Learn more at stopafib.org. You guys opportunity to, to come out and compete as well as they can um, with the things that we do. Uh, Quinn was two of four for 34 yards. So you compare and contrast. You made the change and bringing in uh, Arcavian Quinn. A lot of people were looking forward to seeing him in live action. Memphis transfer. Talk a little bit about him and, and his growth and development here as you as you brought him in the game Saturday. You know the biggest thing is we talk about it all day, all we can practice as he practices. Just kind of just slow himself down to be more vocal. Uh, I think he he's he's he, um, he's very quick. And, and um, in terms of what he needs to put out 
as far as the information to the offensive line and, and being vocal. But, you know, he does a great job. You know, he has different tangibles that he, he does well. Um, you know, all the quarterbacks do. Um, we just got to make sure that we giving these, giving this team the <clears throat> the best guy behind the center as we can to win ball games, and so that was a great time to get him some time in to play, and I think he did pretty good in terms of, of what we gave him to do. He was two of four for thirty four yards, as uh, Tulane added to their lead. Uh, they eventually won the game <coughs> fifty two to nothing. So let's 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 start from the other side of it, coach. A lot of players. Saw some action. You talk about some guys that didn't, that don't get rips in practice. So let's start from the other side. Some of the guys that got in that usually don't play, usually don't get the rips, in your mind, that stepped up and uh, made an impression on you on Saturday. Well, you know, uh, uh, Turn Sellers, he, he came in and played well. Uh, he still get a lot of reps in practice, but I was excited to see him make tackles. Um, well, he had eight, nine tackles, eight solos, and, I thought he did well at that position. And there's some of the things that, that we look for for him to be better at, you know. <clears throat> Got to be able to echo uh, the calls on defense. And um, um, Ernest Wood came in and did an outstanding job at the nickel spot. Um, some of the guys that, that didn't get a chance to play. Um, Ross. Ross came in and played some, you know. Uh, when Cherry Loose went down, you know, those guys really stepped up and, and did a tremendous job in terms of what we asked them to do. During the course of that game, um, you know, the running back Leatherwood, you know, he didn't play in the last game. Came in and played well for us. Uh, ran the ball very hard. Had eight attempts for 30 yards. Um, I thought he did well running the football. And uh, like I said, he should have got carries in the first ball game uh, as well. So those guys we look forward to seeing um, <clears throat> in this ball game against McNeese State. Offensively, Coach, who kind of stood out for you up front? And you talked about Leatherwood. Obviously, with Quinn uh, up front, who were some of the some of the guys that, that you thought made an impression on the offensive side of the ball? It was tough on it was tough on offense, Charles, and, and um, you know, and, and I think at each position, um, the coach can say the th- say the same. You know, it was kind of rough on offense to to say a standout. You know, in terms of of what we did, and we didn't score points, and we didn't move the ball consistently enough. You know, um, those guys that came in, they played um, hard. A lot of effort, you know, so and just leaving it at that, uh, we just got to get better and, and doing the things we're supposed to do in terms of the little things that getting better up front to, to make this offense run. You talked about uh, Leatherwood. He had uh, eight carries for 30 yards. Nico Duffy, four carries for 12 yards. Howard coming off a 199-yard game against Stephen F. He had eight carries for eight net yards. It was a tough day offensively. You only had 109 yards of total offense, Coach. Only 46 plays. That's a little over two yards <clears throat> per play. How tough was it on the defensive side, or how tough was it for us offensively to really get anything going? It was tough. It was tough. Like I said, that Tulane was a great, great football team. They were fast. They were fast on defense, and, and they played well. They played well as we didn't play. And um, so, you know, we, we just kind of bounced back from it. Uh, we learned a lot of things from that game um, in terms of the, the, the physicality of this team and the, the mental uh, aspect of it. Uh, we just got to be able to bounce back and, and uh, play a whole lot better than we played this past weekend against uh, against the McNeese State football team that's also 0-2. You talk about playing up, and we've seen these games throughout the league already, some teams playing up, you know, Grambling playing Arkansas State, Florida A&M despite shorthanded playing uh, North Carolina, and you're just kind of seeing that across the board. The uh, the statement that I always talk about, and it, it gets talked about on social media, 85 versus 63. 85 scholarships at the FBS level versus 63. Is that something that are we, I guess we in the media, broadcasters, people, when you say that, is that an underrated factor in these type of lopsided games? Or is that just something we throw out there just to make a point, is that how how serious is that? You have 85 scholarship players. They do at the FBS level. Tulane has it. 63 at the FCS level. SWAC has it. MEAC has it. FCS teams have it. When they play up like that, is that an underrated stat line? Is that an underrated phrase that we talk about? Or is that just it's just it is what it is, that's, and that does make a difference? You know, Charles, you know I'm a firm believer. 
We can't put 63 on the field at one time. They can't put 85. We're going to put 11. They can only put 11 at one time. So you're talking about 11 scholarship players against 11 scholarship players uh, in terms of that. Scholarships that, yes, I wish we could get 85 scholarships. That would give us more, more to get more depth and quality, more quality players. But the players that we get is quality players uh, for the 63. Um, I'm quite sure the players they get for the 85 is great quality players. You know, it's just a just a number, you know. But as as it when it all boil down to it, Charles, it's mono against mono. You know, they put a lemon on the field and we put a lemon, and that's all they can put on the field at one time. Well, they uh, lemon good ones, lemon bad ones. So that's the thing we have to realize that as a, as a coaching staff, you know, we always just got to go out and compete. If we go out and execute and compete at a highest level. Uh, things could turn, you know, but we didn't execute as we should uh, in the course of this ball game against Tulane. So, um, you know, as coach, we talked about it on Sunday. Uh, we're going to get better this week and um, against a good uh, McNeese State football team. One of the bright spots, you know, our defense came up big early. They were on the field a lot. Uh, special teams, that was an issue against Stephen F. Keani, 10, point, uh, 10 punts. Uh, talk about the job that he did improving from Stephen F. to Tulane. And, you know, the biggest thing, I, I told Keanu, I talked to him all week about it. You know, I called him in the office on, after the game against Stephen F. I said, don't worry about that, man. And put that one behind you, and you'll be a whole lot better the next weekend. And he was. did a great job for us. Uh, I don't think they had maybe but one time to return a punt. And I think we did a great job of going down and, and smelling it, but he did a great job. Um, he had a 50-yard a uh, punt one time, um, very impressive. And I'm very proud of the things that, that he did in the, in the special teams part, just coming in. And that's not his natural position as a punter. Um, he's a kicker. and um, But he did a great job of, of uh, in transitioning as we, and the things we asked him to do uh, during the course of the last two ball games. So uh, he's going to continue to get better. Um, you know, and, and the worst thing is that he just hates he missed that field goal. Uh, I think he just tried to put too much on it, and, and he hooked it. He had two punts inside the 20-yard line. So that leads to another question that's kind of stirring around out there. The, you talked about it a little bit last week, uh, an update, if you will. Punter from Southern Utah, what is what is his status? Well, right now he's still in progress, and uh, hopefully we'll have him back this week, Charles, and um, you know, just working on some things with him and um, making sure that we, we, uh, we get everything right. So um, he's a great punter, too, so – uh, we're looking forward to having them back, hopefully by the end of um, the first of well, the middle of the week. So we'll have some news on that in the next few days. We'll take a time out here. We'll get to your questions, your texts, and your tweets. A bunch of those have come in. We'll get to them when we come back after this on the Fred McNair program. My son Aiden has asthma. Secondhand smoke has triggered his asthma so badly, he ended up in the emergency room and spent multiple nights in intensive care. Now he's on a whole bunch of medications. My tip to you is don't be shy about telling people not to smoke around your kids. Half of U.S. kids are exposed to secondhand smoke. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. I got it. I got it, too. Of course I got it. Did you get it? Still unsure about getting the COVID-19 vaccine? Get the facts. Sign up and get your vaccine today. And let's stop COVID in its tracks. It's on you. Learn about why other people like you got it and how you can get it at igotitms.com. This message is brought to you by the Jackson Heart Study Community Engagement Center. And the Mississippi SEAL Team. All right, welcome back to the Fred McNair Program. Give us a call, 601-877-6595. Text a question. 601-301-2611. And you can tweet a question, Tall Man Radio. All right, let's get to the uh, Twitter feed. Coach Alexis Smith, you just talked about uh, special teams, and she tweets, uh, is the return specialist told to just fear catch the ball the whole game and not try to make the play when possible? No one has tried to return a kickoff when they've had the opportunity. You know, the biggest thing is about that, it's a, it's a deal that we're, you know, you got a chance to return a kick, but the way they kick the ball off and, and the highs it, how they how they kick it, uh, it's kind of tough to get the ball to the 25-yard line. And on the other hand, if I catch it, you'll get it on 25. So, um, yes, we can return it, but uh, but the starting field position is, is, is going to be kind of um, 
about the 15-yard line when you, when you start returning kicks. If you don't have a good return, I always work on during the course of the week of returning the ball. But with the way the height is on the ball, you don't have a chance. Uh, the, 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 the cover team will be down on you before you know it. Uh, we can't sustain blocks that long uh, when you return the kicks like that. And Edgar Grayer tweets, uh, will we see more of sophomore Joshua Compton in the passing game? I'll tell you what, Joshua, Joshua been, he been, he been in progress the whole year, and he had a great – I thought he had a great camp, and uh, one of the receivers that, that we've been looking at, and he made a great catch against Tulane uh, on the sideline there, you know, and um, he's working his way in, and, and he's, he's progressing each and every week uh, that we see him. Uh, all right, so from the text line, 601 601- – uh, 301-2611. Um, a text has come in. Quinn looked poised at the quarterback position when he received some uh, playing time. Is the quarterback competition back open? You talked about it at the beginning of the season, and you, you talked about, you know, we may play three quarterbacks against – or four quarterbacks against Stephen F. Austin. Um, I know you're always evaluating, is, the, is Aaron Allen our starter, or is that still uh, a competition ongoing? I mean, that's one of the things that – the reason why we played – uh, Quinn his past game charges to see the things that he could do during the course of a game, especially a big game like that, and the pause that he shows. But you know, just just being just being fair to them all, we got to make sure all of them getting uh, the time they need to throw the football uh, down the field and make the things that happen that need to happen um, and stuff in terms of that. But through the week, we'll see how it go through the week in terms of who's going to be starting up in these states. So um, you know, these guys, these guys know. Uh, it's, it's competitive. It's a competitive room uh, each and every day, and um, you know, just for as that we started uh, Aaron Allen uh, the first game and his last game. So, um, but through that room, we're still in, in competitive mode. And also a follow up: uh, How can we get T. Adams, who's a quarterback, transformed into a wide receiver? How do we get him more involved? I think you know, like I said, T. Adams got to get himself together too as well. Uh, we as coaches try to give him each and every opportunity during the course of the week uh, to get himself right. Um, but he just kind of just keep keep progressing and, and doing the right thing, Charles. That we need we ask him to do um, in those terms, uh, uh, Charles. Uh, one text coach, obviously, people are kind of disappointed, and one text didn't see any positives. Let's call it what it is, and let's play Braves football. I know. Are you a glass half full, glass half empty? I know as a teacher, we talked about it last week. You're a tough grader. But uh, despite what happened, are you looking at this as the glass half empty, just two games in, or the glass half full? Charles, you know, you know, you know, everybody have their opinion about things and, and how the glass is empty and how it's half full, you know. Um, but as a coaching staff, we always evaluate uh, this program very hard and try to move on to the next one. Um, you know, I always say you can't, can't really cry with spilled milk. Um, we just got to make sure that we put these guys in, in the best position to win. I think that's what we do every week. Um, you know, all during the course of the week, we right there with them. You know, but once we get in the course of the game on Saturday, you know, we on the sideline. We can't, we can't stand right there and hold their hands. Now we got to turn them loose and let them play their game. Uh, we make the calls and we expect them to execute it. Um, so those things happen, and um, we didn't play as well as we should on uh, on Saturday, and we didn't execute um, the way we should on Saturday. We know this offense can be dynamic. We, we had a 24-10 to 10 lead against Stephen F. Austin. You're talking about the different pieces. One guy missing uh, thought about Manny Flash Jones. What's, what's his status? I haven't seen him the first couple of games. The man, the man is out. He's out right now, and hopefully he'll be back this week. Um, he's been, he's been he's injured after the first ball game against uh, Stephen F. Austin. Uh, so he got a chance to practice on yesterday and, and just moving around a little bit, you know, just kind of limiting things that he can do do right now so um hopefully we'll get him back this week but in the week he should be uh well ready to go willie reynolds from byron text in a question we appreciate the text was there a thought to slow down on offense when we started to go three and out will the tight ends get more involved in the passing game going forward tight end is a part of our our personnel and that's what we that's what we based on is, is 11 personnel with a tight end so um you know just getting those guys in um and, and the things they can do, uh, Tavar and Griffin, um, Jeremiah Green, and those guys that can play. You know, they they consistently is a part of this uh, part of this offense uh, and things that we do. You know, just having an opportunity in terms of what we can do against teams is based on the things that we how we use the tight end. Um, but you know, just giving a chance to 
to get those guys developing and 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 making the plays that we need to call to for those tight ends. You know, sometimes you don't you don't be granted that opportunity uh, when we call pass plays. We don't we don't call it to the tight end. We call it uh, for the offensive uh, for the offensive scheme that we ran. Um, but you know, who knows what the quarterback gonna throw? He's gonna try to throw it to the open guy. Whether it's a tight end or the receivers, you know, uh, the concept that we run depends on what they give us on defense and, and how the quarterback read it out. We appreciate that. And uh, a text from the text line, 601-301-2611. Tackling, tackling, tackling. Talk about that, Coach. Tackling, tackling, and more tackling. And that, and that was the biggest thing that we talked about as coaches, too, you know. And we're talking about different speed. We saw a different speed than we saw against Stephen of Boston. And those guys can really fly, and I think we just got to really stay based up, tackle high. Uh, we was diving at them, and instead of just just running into them like we normally do in the course of practice, uh, that's something that the defense work on each and every day. There's a tackling drill, you know, how to tackle. Um, but, you know, during the course of a ball game, you talk about the little things again, Charles. And that's some of the little things that we got to get better at uh, as a team is, is tackling. Uh, you know, we, we had some we had some hemmed up, and we just let them out. So, uh, and uh, Coach Thomas, and he, he's on top of it too as well. Um, he dissected the film. Uh, he grades just about as hard as I do. Um, and that was one of the things that, that we got to get better at, and he knows it. Uh, the team know it. The defense know it. Um, we had them bottled up sometime. We didn't make the tackle. We gave up a couple of sacks uh, on Saturday. How would you assess the offensive line's pass protection? Well, just communication part, Charlie, and, and that was the biggest thing. Um, you know, the center making the call. The center's the quarterback on the off- offensive line. Uh, he got to he got to put him in in the right place. He got to make the right call. He got to idea it right. So when that don't happen, <clears throat> you're gonna have leakage. So and that's the other thing that that happened. Well, we talked about this game. Obviously, fifty-two to nothing. Uh, the last six quarters, coach, has been tough. I mean, we led Stephen F. twenty-four to ten at the break. Was outscored twenty-one to three in the second half. Lost fifty-two to nothing. Uh, on Saturday, so you do the math there. Uh, what's it going to take to, you know, kind of get it turned around here? Because this is the last <laughs> non-conference game. Then we got Pine Bluff at home, then a bye week, and then Valley. And these next three games with the bye week, it's it's a critical time right now because there's a lot of a lot of head scratching going on. Obviously, people texting, tweeting, just trying to figure out what, you know, where did it go wrong in six quarters when we looked so good against Stephen F. Austin, leading twenty-one to ten, the twenty-four to ten had two players ejected. And, man, look, we were just maybe one score away from off to the races and starting 1-0. and Instead, we're 0-2 and just trying to figure out what's next. You've got to complete the drive, got to finish. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Uh, I say that each and every day you know, to this team and, and the way we approach the game. And we just got to finish. Um, we just got to keep the pedal down when, when we own them. And um, those are things that, that, that come back to haunt you when you don't um, sustain the drives or, or drive starter and continue to keep the momentum up on your favor, you know, and not give up the big plays. And I don't think we have enough offense, you know. Um, but they're there. You know, they present themselves, but we just got to make them. Um, over this week, we'll bounce back from it, um, get this team ready to go down to McNeese State and play, play a good ball team and, um, and hopefully execute a whole lot better than what we did this past game, per se, you say the last six quarters uh, of, of us playing. So, um, I think the coaching staff knows and understand what we got to do to get this team ready to play um, in terms of going down and playing a good McNeese State football program. What's What's been the mood like the last 48 hours, getting home probably 1, 2 o'clock in the morning and then letting that game marinate a little bit and then putting it putting it out of your system? What, what's been the last uh, 48 hours? It's been a good mood just to understand that, you know, we didn't play well. They they know that. Um, these guys, they, they'll bounce back from the things that happened during the course of that game Saturday, and, they, and that's what they do. These guys very tentative. Came out yesterday and practiced hard and uh, <clears throat> very excited about it. The transition on and off the field was good, and you didn't see a whole lot of um, moping around during the course of the practice yesterday. You know, we had a team meeting yesterday before before we did a scout report and everything. Gave them good talking and get them to understand, you know, we, we just got to continue to play, continue to fight and just control the things that we can control as a football program. Um, you know, we can't worry about the stuff on the outside. 
Uh, we just kind of make sure that the, the, the circle that we're in is well well surrounded with uh, with the people that we want it to be in. So um, I think they understand that. We'll go out and play hard, um, work hard this week through the course of practice and, uh, and get back on the run uh, the way we should, get back on the – Get back on the go, as I call it, um, and play hard and, and with a lot of more effort than we did in the last six quarters. We're going to take our final time out. We'll transition to McNeese State, their first home game of the year, their first home night game since the hurricane. It's a lot of pomp and circumstance behind that. We'll get into it after this time out on the Fred McNair Show. The Old Country Store is a proud supporter of Auburn Braves football. For the best in down-home cooking like Grandmama used to do, you need to stop on by the Old Country Store and see Mr. D and his staff. You'll be glad you did. I'm getting hungry just by talking about it. The Old Country Store is open daily for dining or carry-out. And when you go by, tell Mr. D you heard on WBRL 91.7 FM. The Old Country Store is located at Highway 61 in Lorman, Mississippi. Look for the marquee picture of Mr. D holding that famous fried chicken. And when you go by, ask him to sing the Grandmama song. That's the Old Country Store open for business. The Old Country Store is a proud supporter of Alcorn Braves football. And remember to please be safe. All right, welcome back to the Fred McNair program. You can text or tweet a question anytime during the week, 24-7-365, and we'll post and clip those uh, those comments and use them on next week's show. All right, so, uh, Coach, let's take a look at the McNeese State Cowboys. They lost 40-17 to to Montana State, and on Saturday down in Houston, they lost 52-10 to to Rice. It was their worst loss since 20. 20- 19. This is the first home night game since 2020, and they have just been hit with uh, a lot of storms, hurricanes. They had a Cat 4, which devastated the Lake Charles community. Uh, shut it down, really, but kind of on their way back. We're going to be in a different position. Their press box took a major, major hit. We're going to be in a different position. I was looking at the uh, pictures on social media. The field was underwater. I mean, Lake Charles was hit pretty hard. So they're on the rebound. They're on the men. But if you look at this football team, they're 0-2. Head coach Gary Goff in his first year. He's a Valdosta State grad. So you look at this uh, McNeese team with Kadem at quarterback as well as Ransom. They play two quarterbacks, and uh, they're struggling just like we have struggled in terms of offensively. What do you expect from this uh, McNeese State team Saturday night? I expect the team to come out and go play hard against their home crowd, the first home opener, uh, Charles, and I think uh, – Coach Goff gonna have those guys ready to play. You know he's a he's an offensive minded guy, and, and you know um, he's gonna have these guys prepared, and and we just gotta be able to offset that with things that we gonna be able to do against them. Um, during the course of the week, we gotta prepare the young men to to see and um, make sure we trust our eyes in what we see, and um, make sure that we execute on offense, and um, we just gotta tackle the ball when it, when, it, when it's time to tackle it. Kadem and Ransom, the quarterbacks. Uh, Knox Kadem, 6'1", 200-pound sophomore, Virginia Tech transfer. Uh, he was 5 of 12 for 65 yards versus Rice. They also played Cam Ransom, 4 of 11 for 45 yards. Uh, so when, when you look at their running attack coach, you've got a kid, Deontay McMahon, um, who had 101 yards on five carries, part of a 172-yard running attack. Uh, last week versus Rice, averaging 5.7 yards per carry. So they're going to try to beef it up in the backfield. Yeah, and in two games, Charles, he carried the ball 13 times for 166 yards, you know, just like you said, uh, against uh, Montana. You know, he uh, he had 105-yard rushing on five carries. So, you know, he's going to be one of the guys that we had to contain. And uh, had a small statue, but he, he's flashy. Uh, he can get away from it quick. So we just got to do a, a great job of uh, getting him to the ground and, and making sure he, he's, uh, he's, he's wrapped up. In two games, McNeese has given up 92 points. What's deceiving about that when you look at the numbers, but then when you see the film, what does it tell you? You know, they got a great defense charge and, and, and what they do. Um, you know, they got a great, great, great linebacker in, um, in Cardell Williams. Uh, he leads the teams in tackles. Uh, 12 solos, 9 on assists. So uh, those kind of players like that, you know, Sometimes you got to take advantage of what the things that they can't do well. 
Uh, they got a strong safety, Tyler Barnes. Uh, you know, he's second lead, well, third lead tackle on the team um, with Mr. Lewis at 27. So uh, those guys can play football, Charles. We watched the films on them and, and uh, we're trying to, trying to get a feel on what they can do and, and some of the things we can take advantage of you know, as well. So that's one of the things that we're going to do as an offense and the defensive staff and, uh, and try and, um, and see the things that we can, we can do, do against them. This uh, this McNeese team had four first half turnovers versus Rice, so that that's done them in. Well, Coach, you know, obviously we talked about it the whole hour. Uh, a lot of disappointed Braves fans out there. A lot of uh, upset Braves fans. Obviously, it's early in the season. Swack opener against the UAPB coming in here next week. You talked about half full versus half empty. The glass half full versus half empty. You know, what what would you say to Braves fans who are right now a little disappointed? You know, frustrated, angry, however way, whatever, you know, emotions that are out there. And it's a whole bunch of them out there 48 hours after Tulane. What can you do? What can you say at this point to kind of say, hey, you know, it, it's it's going to be okay. Or what can you say at this at, at this point just a couple of games in? You really can't say nothing, Charles. And it's, it's no more than what this team feels right now. Um, you know, in the, in the last six quarters, you could, you could say, um, we know we just got to play better as a team. And. And uh, like I said, we, we can't worry about too much of what's in our circle. Uh, we just got to go out and play play better, you know. Um, you know, like the field of dreams, you've been it, they'll come. Um, and I'm a firm believer of that. We just got to go out and execute. Uh, the winning's going to come, depending on what we do. Um, we got McNeese State, the next ball game. That's the only thing that we're worried about in terms of uh, of how we play uh, as coaches and how we coach that game. So we get the young men ready to play against a good McNeese McNeese State Football Club. So um, we just worried about what we can control, and that's what we when we get on the field of how we play as coaches and players. You know, um, you know, people in the stands uh, come support us, and we appreciate everything they do. Um, but as a team, we can't worry about that kind of stuff. You know, we got things we got to worry about in our circle. So I think what we're gonna do in terms of of getting these young men ready to play this week, uh, we're gonna get them ready to play. We're gonna go down to McNeese State. And we're going to fight. We're going to continue to fight through the rest of this uh, schedule. And that's a 7 o'clock kickoff, by the way, Coach. So you, you always talk about uh, playing these. You would love to play at 11 o'clock in the morning if it was left up to you. But we got a 7 o'clock game, the latest start in the second longest road trip of the year. So uh, a little bit more time to kind of get ready with a 7 o'clock uh, kickoff down at Lake Charles. And then, Charles, you know, time of the game don't really really bother us as a, as a team and, and it don't matter if it played at 11, no matter if it played at 2. Uh, the game's going to be played, you know. Uh, of course, yeah, I, I just hate late football games. That's been one of my things and I was playing. I really get up in the morning time and get it over with. Um, if it's at 11 o'clock, that's fine with me. Get up and eat pregame at 7 and kick off at 11. Uh, but the late game, you have too much time um, to, 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 to not do anything but, but just – Make you lazy uh, in no terms, I guess, you know, but we find things to do with these young men. We do walkthroughs before uh, pregame meals and all that kind of stuff to keep them going energy-wise. And, um, you know, it's just a lot of laid-back time now, you know. Uh, get to the stadium, and then we have to get them ready to play, and which is not hard. These young men know what we have to do during the course of a week, especially late games now. So um, not a big fan of late games, but uh, got to play the hands dealt. Uh, in those times, Charles. So uh, we'll move on from there, and I think I hope so um, in terms of what we do. Um, but it's the hand we dealt, Charles. we got to play it. I was told uh, by some McNeese people earlier today, it's a lot of pageantry behind this game. It's the first night game there since the hurricane. So it, it's, a, it's a big deal there. Coach, finally, how big would it be to leave Lake Charles with a win, get some momentum as Pine Bluff comes in here and now it'll be swag time after Saturday night. Charles, you know, a win is big any time you get a win because they're hard to come by. And, you know, in the previous game that we played, the Stephen of Austin and Tulane, you know, they're tough. You know, any time you can win, you're happy with a win. So uh, it'll be very big for this program to come out uh, with a victory against a good Manning State football team. Uh, but we got to go in ready to play. we got to go in ready to play as a football uh, staff and, and other team. So – we got to be ready to play against this team um, at Mini State. Coach, we appreciate it. Let's go get them. Let's go, Charles.
Kickoff is 7 o'clock from Lake Charles on Saturday night. We'll have the pregame show coming up at 6.30. And, of course, this time next week we'll be right back here. Hopefully a Braves win, some momentum as Doc Gamble's Golden Lions roll in here in this very stadium coming up here in less than two weeks. That'll do it for the Fred McNair program. We appreciate Kermit calling in. We appreciate all the texts and tweets. You can tweet a question anytime, Tall Man Radio, and you can text a question anytime, 601-301-2611. For our producer on the radio side, Jamario Brooks, Cedric Tillman, our producer on the video side, I'm Charles Edmond. We'll talk to you next Monday night for the Fred McNair program. So long. Advantage of the few moments of weightlessness the capsule experiences. Blue Origin said the capsule's escape system functioned as designed, and the company continues to look into the issue. For NPR News, I'm Brendan Byrne in Orlando. It's back to school time in much of the country. When America is tested, we find strength from within and power through the challenges. But it takes reliable, affordable energy, and we've got a choice on how we get it. Import energy from unstable regions or produce natural gas and oil right here in America. Depend on foreign governments for our natural gas and oil or protect our energy independence. Keep American jobs and maintain global competitiveness. Solutions are made in America with America's natural gas and oil. Paid for by Energy Citizens.